it's always bittersweet when someone steps away from something that they have done for a long time, and Ed has served uh, leadership well, and my granddad, for most of his life, has been in ministry and has served people and churches and served God, and so when they step away from that, um, we want to recognize them, and we're happy to recognize them, but it is bittersweet that they um, are starting a new chapter, so um, I believe um, that we all agree that we are so appreciative for what they've done uh, for this church. Wonderful men, wonderful men. Uh, we're going to start something new, and uh, you see this graphic up there. It says, no Jesus, got questions, talk to a pastor today. We as pastors of Journey Church want to be here for you. Our job is not to just stand on stage and sing and talk or talk, uh, you know, teach groups or children or students or anything like that. Our job is to just pastor people. And so if you have any questions, if you need to talk through something going in your life, um, if maybe you're new to church and maybe you're new to Jesus and you're not quite sure how to, how to begin your faith journey and uh, start a relationship at its just the beginning things um, you'll see that uh, QR code up there and you may not can get that but also if you have the app um, on the bottom right hand corner of the app it says sign up you can click that and then you'll see this graphic in there along with some other things and uh, there's a couple questions it's real simple and then we get an email and we'll contact you so this is going to be up all the time rotating where you see it we just want to be here for you guys so if you need anything, anything at all, please feel free um, to, uh, to go on there, ask a question, and we will get with you. Uh, like I said, I love that song, Pour Your Spirit Out. Every time that song comes on, Sawyer, my youngest, who's almost five, is in the back seat, and she always says, Daddy, what's your favorite song? And then I can hear her singing in the back, the Pour Your Spirit Out part, and there's nothing sweeter than that. And my sermon today goes along with that song perfectly, and it's called Ask, Seek, Knock. Now, a little side story. This is an amazing graphic, and I worked this week for hours trying to create a graphic, and every time it got worse, and it looked like someone who was four was trying to work on a computer, and it was terrible. And then I text my friend Jocelyn Phillips, who leads our expressions group and does great work with graphic design. And about four minutes later, she e emails me this. So, Jocelyn, thank you for making me feel like an idiot. I appreciate it. Um, it always teaches me humility. So thank you, Jocelyn. So this morning, we're going to talk about prayer, about asking, about seeking, about knocking. And what better place to start, I thought, than the 1983 movie A Christmas Story. Everybody know Ralphie? Everybody has seen this movie, right? Um, you put that graphic up there, Stephen, of Ralphie with his, with his gun. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm, I don't know how you missed it. Um, as a kid, I loved this movie. Amanda hates this movie. She can't stand to watch it, and I, so I, try, I have to sneak watch it when it comes on during uh, the Christmas season. But what did Ralphie, Ralphie wanted one thing, and he wanted the official Red Rider carbine action, 200-shot range model air rifle, with a compass in the stock, and of course, the most important part, this thing that tells time. You guys remember him talking about that? He told everybody that he could. I mean, he, he really took that ask, seek, knock model and applied it in his life to this gun. He asked his parents, he asked his teacher when his teacher said we're gonna write a theme and he wrote an entire theme about why he needed this gun. He even climbed up the slide Santa Claus at the department store. 
And they all said the same thing, which was what? That's right. You guys should read your Bible more. You only know that. Um, no, they all said the same thing. You'll shoot your eye out. And sure enough, he gets the gun on Christmas morning. He opens up all his presents. presents. He's kind of disappointed. And then his dad, you know, hey, what's that over there? And he goes over there, and there it is. It's the one thing that he wanted. So immediately, you know, he gets on his coat and his snow boots. He goes outside. He puts up a metal target, which is not very smart, shoots it. BB reflects, uh, you know, comes off of it, comes back, hits him. Glasses fall off. He accidentally steps on the glasses, comes up with this big lie about how an icicle fell and, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he got what he wanted. We need to apply the way Ralphie was going after that gun to our prayer life. He wouldn't take no for an answer. So prayer. Back in college, I remember my freshman year of college, this was in um, the spring semester of my freshman year of college, so this would have been uh, sometime January, February, March of 1997, so about 25 years ago. Uh, I had a friend that I had grown up with at my church, Second Baptist Church, where my granddad was the pastor, and she had started going to this church, and they had a really good college program. Now, here in Amarillo, there's not a lot of um, churches that have just thriving college programs because, you know, we're not like Lubbock that has Texas Tech. Uh, we have Emerald College, and of course, Canyons has WT, so there's just there's not a ton of churches with thriving college ministries, and this one was that. And so she invited me to come one Wednesday night just, you know, to kind of see what it was like. Um, our church didn't really have much of a college program. And so I went, and then I went the next Wednesday night. And most of these people in this group went to Amarillo College, and I kind of got to know them a little bit uh, going to the BSN. And I liked it. And it was fun, and they did fun things, and they did worship, and they did Bible studies. And I went on a, a kind of a weekend retreat with, with, with them one time, and we went uh, roller skating, which terrible idea um and just a lot of fun stuff and, and we developed relationships and so i had decided that i wanted to leave and not go to second baptist church anymore and go to chaparral hills baptist church that's where this was at because it was fun now i'd also decided because i was a good responsible um you know 18 year old that i would wait a little bit because i'd already committed to be in Easter play musical at our church that we did every other year. And so I was in that, and I didn't want to leave because I had committed to it. So what I did was I would go on Wednesday night to this other church and then on Sunday nights, but never on Sunday morning. And so I began to pray. I felt God say, hey, you need to pray about this. So I began to pray, you know, not, hey, God, you know, show me your will, but more like, hey, God, um, please let everything work out so I can go to the church because there's friends here and there's some girls that are pretty and this is obviously what you want for me in my life um, because as an 18-year-old in college, obviously the next step was to get married within a couple weeks and I, I needed this, so this is where I needed to be. And I even invited, we had a ski trip uh, spring break at my church and I invited most of that college group to come. So we had this huge group of people, we went to Winter Park, had a great time, and I mean, I was just counting down the days till I could go to that church. And when we got back from that ski trip, I started to, I don't know, I just felt uneasy about it. And I thought, oh, it's because I've been a part of this church my whole life. And, you know, it's a change. And that, that's got to be what it is. And as the days went by and we got closer to the Easter musical, I started to feel like maybe 
just maybe I was being selfish and God was saying, you know, hey, no, nothing wrong with that church, but no, this, this is where you're supposed to be. And so I ultimately, thankfully, decided that I needed to stay where I was because that's where God wanted me to be. I think a lot of times as we pray, we do that. We have to ask ourselves, what is our motive? What's our agenda? When we're praying and we're asking for something, are we praying his will or my will? Are we praying his kingdom or mine? Now, Jesus told us how to pray, and we're going to look at that real quick. This is a very familiar passage uh, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the Lord's Prayer. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 6. It starts in verse 9. And Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And this is the big one. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So how should we pray? Jesus tells the people there on the side of the mountain exactly how they should pray right there. But even more specifically, in the passage I read earlier in in chapter 7, I'm going to do that again, ask it, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So ask, seek, knock. What exactly does that mean? Because it seems like all three of those words are essentially synonyms. So I went back and looked at what those words meant in the original Greek. Okay? Each one of them actually escalates in urgency. So... If you look back, the word ask in Greek form means to urgently petition. Okay, so it's not just a simple request, can I have? There is an urgency to it. And then the word seek in its Greek form means to crave or demand something. Okay, that seems a little bit more urgent. And then the last one, knock, means to knock repeatedly on a door demanding attention. Is that not Ralphie? I mean, think back to that. I went and looked. I did research, and this took a while. In a 94-minute movie, Ralphie asked, seek, sook, seek, whatever the word is. Sought, seek. I'm not very smart, Michael, okay? I appreciate it, though. I've worked through this several times. I've said sought every time, and this time, woo, gone. Sought, thank you. English is not my first language. Um, 94-minute movie, 28 times. 28 times did he ask, seek, and knock for that thing. Now, if there is anyone who understands the principle of persistence, it is our lovely children, right? Parents are like, preach it, amen. So, my boys, they don't do it as much anymore. But several years ago, they played this game called Roblox. I know, there are good people like, amen. Um, Roblox. So I've never played this game. I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. But apparently there's a whole bunch of games within this one game. 
and you play it on your phone, your iPad, on the computer, and you play all this different stuff. I remember Avery even used this for a while. And every night, they would come out of the room, and they'd come in the living room, and Amanda and I were sitting there, and they'd say, hey, can I buy some Robux? Okay, so Robux is like this cryptocurrency within the game. You buy Robux, and then when you have Robux, you can then buy games for whatever game you're playing. I don't know if it, if it makes you better, makes it easier. I have no idea. But they would ask all the time, and the answer was, you know, we'll see, maybe later, which in, you know, parents, what does that mean? Never. Never. Yeah. No, actually what that means is absolutely not under any circumstances and until you annoy me to death, and then I will say yes so that you will leave me alone, right? Because we all do this. So that's what would happen. They would ask repeatedly. I mean, it felt like every single day. And my daughter Avery did this too. When she was five, she asked me, I don't know, how many times if she could paint my toenails pink. They're not pink now, so all you moms, calm down. But uh, I even let Sawyer, I don't know, a couple months ago, she wanted to paint my fingernails pink. So Amanda has pictures of, of that, of, of my you know, under girl dad sometimes you have to get rid of that the boys they're they don't care about that stuff but the girls want to make them pretty so we we have to do that so we wear down we get asked repeatedly and eventually we wear down and we say okay fine just leave us alone now god doesn't work like that right we can't like ralphie just keep coming and asking the same thing and god is finally like okay just stop asking i'll just give it to you god god doesn't work like that our, our repetition in our prayer life isn't going to make him change his mind. He, he has a plan. He has a will. But what he does want is a relationship. So when we continually come to him and ask and seek and knock, and we constantly talk to him, that's what God wants. Now, if you're like me, you realize one thing. When we come and we ask for things, sometimes God will, in fact, answer our prayer. But sometimes, sometimes, he doesn't answer our prayer. Sometimes he sends us a problem. And that's a tough one, because when we start praying and we're asking for something, we want it. Crave it to use the definition of speak. We we go and we ask God and we beat on the door and we say, please God, answer this prayer. I want this, I want this, I want this in my life. I want to do this. And sometimes God says, I love you. That's not that's not what I want. That's not part of my will. That's not going to further my kingdom. So the answer is sometimes no, sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes he begins to mold and shape us into what he wants us to be, and we don't ask for that anymore because we know that is not what God wants. I want to encourage you guys with something. So we're in a time of transition. Last week was Sheldon's last week here. And that sometime in the near future, we'll have a new leader. And I want to ask you, and I know you're probably already doing this, but I want to ask you and encourage you to pray for our new pastor. God already knows who it is, even though we don't. He's already putting all of that into place and into motion. I want to encourage you to pray for our leadership team as they lead us through this journey. Pray for the pastor selection team. Now here's the hard one. 
And here's the thing, as I was preparing this sermon, I realized very quickly that this sermon was for me. I might as well stand in the bathroom in front of a mirror and preach to myself. And you guys are getting to hear it this morning, but I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. We all have to put aside our selfish ambitions and what we want and pray and ask for what God wants for his glory. So I'm telling you this morning that I am laying that down this morning, what I want. Julie kind of mentioned that earlier about laying it down. And I want to ask that you join me. I want to read a scripture out of the book of James. Jesus' brother James. And it's in chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And I read this, and I thought this is truly perfect for where we are as Journey Church right now. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. When I read that, it was like it just hit me right in the face. Choosing a new pastor for a church is a very big deal. And I think we all realize that. It's a big transition. And it can tear churches apart. Because people begin to jockey for position and they they want their opinion first. This this is a tough one for me. So when I say this, trust me, I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it to me. But it doesn't matter what I want. God has a plan. God has a will for this church. And ultimately, that is what's going to happen. We just need to make sure that we all get in line with it. When churches get torn apart in between pastors, that is exactly what the enemy wants. The enemy looks for a place to get in and just start messing everything up. We need to make sure that our motives are true and pure and right. We're not fighting, but we are just asking, seeking, and knocking looking for God's will. I think to Jesus, I had this conversation this week. There's a a worship pastor friend of mine in Oklahoma who's going through some stuff with some of his uh, members of the worship team, and there's some fighting and stuff going on. Essentially, he he didn't want to do something that a lot of them were asking him to do. And I said, I told him, I said, you know, I always think about Jesus praying in the garden. Human form, Jesus did not want to die because he knew what was coming. He knew what was going to be happening. He was he was going to be beaten. They were going to put a crown of thorns on him. He was going to be crucified on a cross. He knew what was coming. And he was in the garden. He was praying. He was asking, seeking, knocking. There was urgency in what he was praying. And he said, Father, please, if there is any way possible to accomplish your will, what you want to do without me having to die, please, he said, take this cup from me any way at all. And most of the time when we pray, that's where we stop. If there's any way around this, please. But then he said, nevertheless, your will be done. 
humble is hard because what it means is putting aside what we want and putting others first. Putting God's priorities first. And thinking about how Jesus practiced humility. And I feel like God gave me this little thing. It's not on it's not on the screen. Humility is not successful until it is difficult. Jesus put it to use in that prayer in the garden. He was urgent. The Bible tells us that even in his prayers that he was literally sweating drops of blood. We need to all practice that humility as we're looking for a new pastor. Maybe not all of us are a part of that process, but that doesn't mean that you're not a part of this church. So I want to encourage you over the next days and weeks and months to be in prayer for this new pastor, our leadership team, the pastor selection team. Be in prayer for your staff here. I promise you we are all trying to seek God's gift. And that's not always the easy thing to do. It's a lot easier to be selfish and just do what we want. Let's make sure that we're putting our best foot forward. We are together. We are unified. And I promise you this, if we do all those things, God will bless Journey Church. God will bless us with the exact person that he wants to lead this church, and we will be better for it. I want you to close your eyes and stand. We're going to sing that song again. Pour your spirit out. Specifically the part about ask, seek, knock, and the door be wide open. I want to encourage everyone in this room today. There will be people up here up front that are willing and ready to pray for you. And I just want to ask you, not because of anything that I have said, because I am nothing. But that you would commit to pray our new pastor. You would commit to pray for the leadership team, for the pastor selection team. You would commit to practice humility and to put others in this church first. I am laying that down this morning. I I will lead the charge. But we have to do what God wants in his will. So right as they start playing, I'll be here at the front on my knees and I will be praying that very prayer and I would like to ask you to join me in doing that this morning. Maybe you're not quite sure what even all that means. Maybe you need to start at square one and you need to know who Jesus is. I promise you these people up here up front would love to pray with you and tell you about it. Father in heaven, we love you. And we are so thankful that you love us. Father, thank you for Journey Church. Thank you for placing us all here during this time. Father, help us to ask, to seek, to knock, to follow after you, to seek only your will and not ours. Help us to get rid of any selfish motives that we have and just lift our eyes to you and follow you and say, not my will, but yours. Father, you are the creator of the universe. You know everything that's already going to happen. Do not let us stand in the way of your will. 
give ourselves to you this morning. Do with this church what you want. We just want to follow you as we ask and seek and knock. In your precious and holy name, we pray. Thank you.